The second lesson comes from Paul's letter to the Galatians, reading from chapter 4. But when the fullness of time had come, Jesus sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, the new year is nearly here. Of course, we still have a feast of college bowl games to go. But after tomorrow, the holidays will be over and it will be back to work and back to school and back to our normal lives. The anticipation of Advent and the excitement of Christmas morn are ancient history now. Today, the last Christmas carols of the season will be sung. The old year is passing and the new year is staring us in the face. This week after Christmas is an interesting one in the church's calendar and in the calendar of our lives. Many of you were off this week after Christmas, and those of us who did work probably didn't get too much done. We have had the big after Christmas Day sales and the visits with our family, Tonight, we will ring out the old and ring in the new. With all of the hoopla of New Year's and the coming feast of college football bowl games, it's not surprising that today's festival of the holy name of Jesus probably escaped your notice. This festival is rooted in the Hebrew practice of circumcising and naming on the eighth day after birth. This practice is noted in the verse that comes right after Luke's famous Christmas story, a verse that is among the least read in the New Testament. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Tomorrow, the eighth day after Christmas, January the 1st, On that day, Jesus would have been circumcised and given his name. That is the day that the church acknowledges that holy name. The angel had instructed Mary to name her son. Now, cultures vary widely in their practices of naming children. Formerly here in America, it was customary to name the boys after their fathers, grandfathers, or uncles. There's a whole lot of us here who carry Junior, the second, or the third after their names. The girls were similarly named after favored females in the family, often linked with the mother's maiden name. Those customs are less common today, and it is more common for children to carry double surnames than it is double Christian names. The selection of names for children follows trends, For a while, there were lots of girls named Lois, Lana, Linda, or Deborah. 
and boys were named James, Michael, Robert, and John. In 2017, for the eighth consecutive year, however, the most popular girl's name was Sophia. (laughs) Do we have a Sophia here? Please stand if we have a Sophia. You're probably less than eight years old. Well, after Sophia, we had Olivia, Emma, Ava, and Isabella as the most popular names for girls in 2017. For boys, the most popular name remains Jackson, followed by Liam, Noah, Aiden, and Lucas. Now, I've been told that in France, naming is taken very seriously. Now, it may be fake news, but I hear that in this Catholic country, many children are named for the saints. But every name has to be submitted to the French government for approval. Then throughout one's life, one has two special days, one's birthday and one's saint's day. Well, in the Bible, almost no one has a name casually given. Persons important enough to the biblical story to be named are given names rich in symbolic meaning. Or since the biblical writers had the advantage of knowing the character of those they write about, their names are often given a meaning which reflects how the person turned out. So it is explained that Jacob, who grows up to deceive his father and steal his brother's birthright, is a name which is said to mean he supplants. Or Moses is a name that means drawn out of the water, as when the baby Moses was drawn out of the Nile by the Pharaoh's sister. Or Mary names her son Jesus, meaning God saves, because he will save his people. The festival of the holy name is a reminder that Jesus did not come simply so that we could have a wonderful holiday and family reunions. The coming of Jesus had a purpose. His very name means God saves. As Paul wrote in his interpretation of the birth of Jesus, in the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman in order to redeem us so that we might receive adoption as children. The sequencing here is important. We are redeemed so that we might be adopted. In Paul's day, redemption was necessary before a slave could be freed. Someone had to redeem the slave, that is, to buy him back before he or she could be given freedom. So Jesus' coming was for the purpose of redeeming or buying back the enslaved. Men and women enslaved to sin, those imprisoned in broken lives, persons struggling against the chains of addiction, everyone yearning to be free from all sorts of destructive life patterns. Jesus came to redeem the enslaved. Jesus came to redeem us. Redemption brings freedom from the chains of the past and presents us with a most startling blessing, adoption as children of God. 
I have a very deep respect for those who adopt children. They have a love for their children that is different than the love biological parents have for their children. Not better, but different. Sometimes one's biological child is an accident. One never accidentally adopts a child. To adopt a child requires purposeful planning and preparation, usually over an extended period of time. Then to a child that is not of your own flesh, you make a commitment to love and accept that child just like a flesh and blood child. It is said you do not choose your family. Well, adoptive parents do choose their children. The adoption metaphor describes Paul's understanding of the intentional and purposeful love of God. We are not God's children by birth. By birth, we are God's creatures. We are God's children by adoption. We are God's children by God's choice. The old term was God's election. In any event, the point is we are not God's children by necessity. We are chosen by God to be the children of God. As Jesus' name was chosen before his birth, so also our calling as God's adoptive children was planned and extended before time. Jesus came, Jesus was born, so that we might be adopted As children. With the coming of Jesus, Paul adds, God has given us the Spirit of Christ so that we might call God Abba, Father. Here our adoption is made complete. We are not just brought into the background of God's family like some kind of unwanted but necessarily tolerated relatives. We are brought front and center to stand among God's favored children. Through God's biological child, we are called and made God's adoptive children. Abba is the Aramaic term Jesus used to describe his relationship with God. It is best translated, Daddy. Scholars have long and firmly established Jesus' use of the name of God as Abba, Father, was among his revolutionary innovations of the Hebrew religion. But what is significant here is not that God is our daddy as opposed to our mommy. That is missing the point. God is neither male nor female. God transcends any and all such limiting descriptions. The significance is that Jesus says we have a relationship with God that is so intimate so loving that the best image we can think of is God as our loving parent. God loves us as a loving father or mother loves a child. A parent's godlike love is constant, unfailing, and unqualified, even before birth. But the expression of that parent's love changes and unfolds with time A newborn is given constant care and attention. A teenager, less so. 
for a loving parent's intention is to foster an independent, responsible, self-respecting, loving adult. The relationship of parent and child is never negated. What does change is how the parent shows that love. And that is the way God loves us. Traditionally, the child of Christian parents receives his or her name at baptism. That is why our first names are frequently referred to as our Christian names. The Christian name we receive at baptism stays with us for life. Whether we go by that name or by some nickname, our identity is anchored in that name given us by our parents. I remember one of the families in a congregation I once served. Let's call them Mary and John Jones. The family took in a foster child. Let's call him Jose. Jose's parents had all manner of problems, which is why their child was put into foster care. After an extended period of time, the couple started the procedure to adopt the boy. It was an arduous legal process. Those of you that have adopted children know what I'm talking about. The boy's father had to be found and legal rights had to be clarified and so forth. But at long last, the adoption came through. Shortly thereafter, the couple inquired about having their new son baptized. While he was a foster child, they didn't feel like they had the authority to do that. Now that Jose was their son, they wanted him to be baptized. I included Jose in the conversation about the baptism, since by now the boy was about 10 years old. Jose told me that with his new adoptive family, he had asked to be given a new name. The day of the baptism came. Jose and Mary and John Jones, his adoptive parents and an adoptive brother, all came forward and stood with him. The parents took the traditional vows. Then I asked the boy to speak for himself. What is your name? And he answered, My name is Martin Jones. And so Martin Jones received the sacrament of baptism and his new Christian name. On the eighth day after the first Christmas, a boy was given a name that is above every name on earth, a symbolic name that identified who he was and what he was to become and what his purpose on earth was to be all about. That holy name was Jesus, meaning God saves. On this Sunday after Christmas, I wonder what name we would be given if this were our baptism day. I wonder what name you would take for yourself if you could have chosen it on your baptism day. How would you be identified? What name would show who you are and where you are headed? What name would reveal that higher personal trait you are reaching for in 2018? What name would express the commitment you are bringing to God in the coming year? What would be your holy name? In that birth in Bethlehem, 
We are blessed by the holy name of Jesus. Through that holy name, each of us is given a new identity as a child of God, no longer a slave to the brokenness of our past, but a child and full heir to an enriched present and wonderful time. By the loving grace of God, all of this is ours by the power of the holy name of Jesus. Now come, let us claim our inheritance. Amen.